0: with Lee Lonsberry. Welcome back to live, Mike. Final segment of today's episode. An episode which we have dedicated almost entirely to the jaw-dropping announcement of early this morning on the East Coast, a tweet from President Donald Trump indicating that uh, both he and Melania Trump, the first lady of this great nation, have been tested positive for the coronavirus. And right now, at least uh, as far as uh, the most recent information that we have been able to gather is that they are together convalescing, uh, isolating, healing uh, together in the residence of the White House. The word earlier this morning from uh, Chief of Staff of the White House, Mark Meadows, was that the president's work would continue, that he would be uh, continuing in his duties as as president of these great United States, uh, that sentiment was uh, echoed also by the physician to the president in a memo that he drafted uh, earlier today to Kaylee McEnany, press secretary. Uh, he made it known to her, uh, first off, confirming... The positive COVID nineteen tests, and then uh, letting it be known to her, uh, you know, allowing her to then communicate that to the masses that the president would, in fact, and was capable of continuing uh, his duties as president of the United States. Now, I say all that, and it sounds wonderful. It sounds very, very good, and that is all positive news. If uh, if the president is able to continue in his duties, uh, well, then he must be uh, healthy enough. To do so, and we are right now all together, regardless of party. Uh, I sure hope rooting for uh, his recovery, both his recovery, uh, that of the first lady, uh, and beyond uh, the White House. Hope Hicks, right, advisor to the president, and Utah's own Mike Lee, in addition to every single person across this globe suffering right now from the coronavirus. So uh, that's that. I-, I point out that we have not heard. From the president directly uh, since the early morning hours on the East Coast when he sent that tweet out, Uh, hopeful to hear from him at some point, give us some sort of status update, either uh, by tweet or by a video uplink something. Uh, Let's just hear what's going on in there. Anyway. That is the, the pervasive issue of the day, and the coverage of it will continue, I am certain, as uh, new individuals are tested, as new test results come out, uh, and all of the, the dust settles, and we see how we're able to proceed into next week. Uh, there's a Supreme Court uh, nomination to consider. There are debates on the horizon. Uh, how will that impact all of that? And then the <laughs> the overarching theme of it all is, uh, you know, there are two individuals uh, competing For the White House right now, we are in the midst of a presidential election and none of that, none of that uh, takes a break. Anyway, uh, speaking of elections, how about campaign finance? It's a topic that comes up every election cycle and especially when records are broken. And they are uh, pretty, for for the most part, uh, it has gone that each subsequent presidential election, there has been an increase in spending. Now, I think there was an exception to that. I, I believe, I believe that uh, in, in 2012, there was just a hair more money spent than in the 2016 uh, election. Uh, I may be wrong. We'll have to fact check that. But uh, uh, I do know for certain that 2020, that this presidential election cycle has been one of the most expensive or rather the most expensive uh, in, in, in all of history. And to help us uh, break that down, understand where that money goes uh, and what it buys you is uh, Damon Kahn, political science professor from, the, from Utah State University. Professor, how are you?
1: I'm well, thanks, Lee. How are you?
0: I'm hanging in there. Uh, This is some some crazy news to wake up to this morning. Kind of change the change the plan (laughs) of the program for the day. We're going to have the initial plan was to have a nice, uh, light-hearted Friday, ease our way into the weekend. In fact, I'll tell you. (laughs) One of the subjects that we discarded was we were going to look over uh, what what has been your COVID-19 hobby. Have you picked up a a new musical instrument or have you read a new book? Uh, Instead, uh, we are faced with the president right now suffering uh, from uh, COVID-19. Thank you for 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 joining us. Uh, Tell me, 10.8 some odd billion dollars been spent in 2020 uh, on this presidential election. Where does that money get spent exactly?
1: Well, that's a a great question. You know one of the reasons for escalation in campaign spending is that today we have more forms of media than we've really ever had before and so uh, if you go back you know twenty thirty years ago, candidates would spend on television ads and radio ads, and that was kind of the extent of it. Maybe do a little bit of newspaper and some mailings. Uh, now uh, we have this whole new world where candidates have to have. Uh, outreach uh, through a variety of electronic and social media as well. Um, and it takes more individuals and more staff to do that. Um, the other change in campaigning that we've seen in the last couple of decades uh, is uh, is a, a, a buzzword in politics, microtargeting. And uh, uh, microtargeting means that um, the the candidates' campaigns will actually try to learn, bits of information about the voter and then try to contact them with a message that's specifically targeted to what that voter's interests are uh, and uh, yeah. find ways to reach out to the issues that care about them. Uh, so when when George uh, W. Bush pioneered some of these efforts back in uh, the early uh, part of this century uh, in, in the early 2000s, uh, you know, he was reaching out to, uh, uh, to so-called soccer moms uh, with particular kinds of messages that would appeal to, uh, to, uh, to families. Uh, but then he would reach out to uh, the, the, the nickname was NASCAR dads with a different set of messaging. Uh, and just depending on who you are, your background, your interests, your priorities, the campaigns try to uh, target the right message so that they can put their best foot forward when they reach out to you.
0: And that likely requires um, some, like, proprietary computing and the aid of, uh, you know, a lot of smart folks with uh, a lot of really exclusive knowledge. I, I imagine that's expensive.
1: Yeah, yes, it is. So, first of all, I mean, you know, these days a, a lot of us are thinking about data security and privacy uh, uh, more and more. Uh, But, uh, you know, every click of a mouse uh, or with every product we order online, uh, there are people out there who are amassing information about us. Uh, And then that information uh, often correlates with our political preferences and our political interests. And so uh, um, a campaign has to purchase data, they have to hire number crunchers, and then they have to hone the right messages to correspond to the right set of individuals, and then they have to pay to have that message delivered. And targeting in that way, as you can see, is just going to be a lot more expensive than just running the same television ad everywhere across the United States.
0: Yeah, you can't just send postcards anymore. Uh, (laughs) Let me ask you this. This is a question that I have that's been rattling around in my brain for a while, and uh, and I think you might be uh, someone who could answer it for me. Uh, As a political science professor at Utah State University, the past uh, eight months uh, have changed forever. Uh, in, in my layman's estimation, uh, the way uh, politics is played and the way uh, I predict into the future, the way politics is taught, wh- what what are the dramatic changes that you've observed in terms of uh, teaching what we are witnessing right now?
1: Yeah, it's, uh, well, COVID-19 has just changed our world in so many ways. Uh, and, and it's changed the way candidates are campaigning. And of course, just like you said, that means that we're we're changing some uh, and adapting in the ways that we teach. so um, when uh, uh, we at, at Utah State, we have a variety of different delivery methods so that we can try to reach our students in the best ways that we possibly can and in ways that will work for them and for uh, for their lives. Sure. Uh, we were fortunate in in that we had a, a robust set of online programs and offerings as well as broadcasting some of our courses uh but uh, it's just a matter of scope yeah. uh to where that was a a, a small fragment mm-hmm. um of, of our coursework and now uh, of course this semester uh, a very significant portion of our, our of our stuff is going online in that way, Professor. And I'm going uh, to
0: I'll have to stop you there. I, I am grateful to you for your insight. I'm grateful to you for your expertise. I look forward to continuing this very conversation. How the the state of teaching what we are witnessing has changed uh, this year. Uh, fascinating stuff. Uh, we will continue here at KSL News Radio to follow the developments in the president's announcement that both he and his wife have tested positive for COVID-19. What does that mean? Uh, how will it impact things?